Welcome to the Fierce Authenticity Podcast, where we're illuminating and dismantling all of the ways supremacy culture has impacted our relationships with ourselves, with source, and with others. Not just the overt ways, like racism, sexism, ageism, alcoholism, and all the other isms, but also the sneaky, cunning ways you wouldn't have thought of, like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, judgment, burnout, the not enoughs, and the hustle to achieve. I'm your hostess, Sharani M. Batuk, and I'm a relationship therapist, leadership development consultant, and author of the book series, Fierce Authenticity. Whether you're a returning listener or you're new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you and invite you to connect with me through the Fierce Authenticity newsletter community. If you're ready to rise above an inherited systematic invasion rooted in fear and lack so that you can calm and refocus those energies towards reclaiming a fiercely authentic personal relationship grounded in an abundance and love that is so radiant all your other relationships are elevated with you, then this is the space for you. I invite you to visit www.fierceauthenticity.com slash connect to join me. I'm so excited that you're here. And now let's dive in. So in the previous episodes, we have been talking about the fact that you are powerful as fuck, about the fierce feminine and how that also ties in to your power as a woman. And then we started talking about the burdens that we carry. And I mentioned a little bit about the model minority. And in today's episode, we are diving full on into the model minority myth, which is a term that I learned from Ijoma Oluo in her book, So You Want to Talk About Race. I have to let you know and give you a heads up that the episode that you're actually going to hear following my introduction was recorded back on October 11th, 2020. So it's a little bit of an older episode and I did have a listen to make sure that it's still relevant to us here and our purpose for the podcast and it absolutely still is spot on. And I want to give a brief little introduction to it so that I can share with you how it applies to us and our work in the world as BIPOC women in leadership. So as you'll learn in the episode, the model minority myth is something that the system of white supremacy created, saying that some minorities in particular those who are Asian, South Asian, from that area of the world, from the Asian diaspora, that they are better because they can, they still went through certain things, but they can still have really great educations and really great jobs and they don't speak up and they don't say anything. And then those minorities, quote unquote, the model minorities are used as weapons, towards other 
minorities, in particular other black and brown folks. And well, if they can do it, why can't you do it? And if you can't do it, but they can, then that means that you're quote unquote lazy or that there's something wrong with you. And why this matters to you as a beautiful, amazing, powerful black, brown, or other woman of color in leadership is because we have all fallen victim to this. And we need to know that this pattern is there and this pattern exists so that we make sure that we are not perpetuating this culture of uh, superiority and inferiority in our companies, in our organizations, in the work that we're doing in the world. And that's why it really matters. And as you're listening in, you might find that there's actually places where you can relate because as a BIPOC woman who has made it into a leadership position and is up there closer to the top or actually on top, you also are sometimes used as this quote-unquote model minority as a weapon against others. And when we buy into that, it is damaging for every single person involved. And quite frankly, we just have to break from that pattern. So with that, here is today's episode And I'll be back at the end to do another little summary synopsis. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be having a more detailed conversation about the model minority and how it impacts our relationships. In another episode of the podcast, I began a conversation with guest Nisha Modi about the model minority myth and the model minority experience and what that looks like and how it shapes our relationships, especially as it relates to racism, anti-blackness, and social justice. And today, I want to speak a little bit more in depth about that model minority myth, what it is and how it impacts us, how it affects us and how it prevents us from being in relationship with one another. Before we go there, I want to share a little bit about my understanding of the model minority myth and what it is, what it feels like and what it's about. So I had heard about the model minority myth from an audiobook I listened to, Ijoma Oluo's So You Want to Talk About Race. And that was the first time I realized there was a name for my experience as a brown woman in the US. It was when I heard that that I, I realized, like, oh, that's my life. And I'm going to do my best to describe it through my understanding of the way Ijoma Oluo spoke about it in her book. And my understanding is that the model minority, you know, that phrase model minority is often applied to persons of Asian descent. And it's this idea that, well, 
look how smart they are. Look how educated they are. Look at what great jobs they have. And if they can do it, then you can do it too. And when talking about you, that you is often for Black Americans. And so it's this tool of the oppression that is utilized to tell Black people and other marginalized persons that actually the problem is with you because if these other people over there can do it and if they can overcome the hurdles of being a person of color in the U.S. and if they can study and if they can have good jobs and if they can get paid a lot of money, then you can do it too. Now, as I describe it that way, you can probably hear what the toxicity is in that. And the toxicity in that is it pits me against you. It says that I am better than you or that you are less than me because I can do it. So you can't, there's something wrong with you and I am superior to you and if you just work hard, you can do it too. So as you can imagine, that is one of the most powerful tools that the oppression can use to pit you against me and me against you and to create an even greater divide between the both of us. Because if I've pulled myself up by the bootstraps and if I was able to get an education and if I was able to get a good job and if I'm able to do these things and you're not, then you're the problem. And if you're the problem, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. And I can look down upon you and I can continue to other you And I might even be able to hate you because you're just this little peon over there who has all these excuses for your circumstance and your situation. And when we do that, or when we buy into that model minority experience or the model minority myth as I'm going to call it, using Ojoma Oluo's words, what we end up doing is weaponizing the color of my skin against the color of a black-bodied person or any other person who doesn't look like me. It literally pits me against you. And my brain and my body become the weapon to hurt you and to further oppress you and to further keep you down. 
because it creates othering. It creates separation. It creates divide. It creates a culture of supremacy. I am better than you. And because I'm better than you, I either don't want to have anything to do with you or I want to try to colonize you so that you can be like me or I'm going to look down upon you because you can't do these things that I can do. It really creates this holier-than-thou attitude. And in the episode with Nisha and I, I mentioned how what I'm learning from Milagros Phillips is that this divide based on the color of our skin was actually intentional. With whites on one end, white-bodied individuals on one end, and with black-bodied individuals on the other end. And white-bodied individuals were the most superior, and the black-bodied individuals were the most inferior. And the brown-bodied people, or any other person of color, especially if it was even lighter than black or brown, that those individuals, depending on whatever the shade of the color of their skin was, that the closer you were to white-skinned, the closer you were to being the superior species. And that the darker your skin was, the closer you were to the inferior species. So think about that for a moment. Literally, the color of our skin being used as a weapon, as a tool of the oppression for all of the different shades to look down upon and continue to further oppress and further marginalize all of those who didn't look like the quote-unquote superior white-bodied individuals. And that divide, the separation, the suffering that results from that othering and from that hierarchy is what the oppression and the supremacy thrives on. Because if it's you against me or me against you, we're looking at each other as the problem and not looking at the problem itself, which is the supremacy and the oppression and the system that was built to keep some of us up and others of us down. And the even tricky part about that is when Joma Oluo says, this whole model minority thing is actually a myth because when we lump all people into one category, in this instance, Asians, as the model minority, the ones who can make it in the world and make it, quote unquote, in the 
supremacy's version of the world. It doesn't take into account all of the varied experiences of the other people from that group of people. In this instance, the other huge diaspora of Asian people and Asian populations. It doesn't take into account the struggles of Hmong people who have been marginalized even within their own communities. It doesn't take into account the experience of other Vietnamese people who have been refugees. It doesn't take into account experiences of people like me who were actually triple colonized, taken from India, a colonized land, to Fiji. And granted, that wasn't me directly. It was my ancestors. But it doesn't take into account people like me who then, you know, colonized and then colonized again in Fiji and then who had to flee Fiji because of the social and political unrest and had to come to the U.S. So third colonization in our history had to come to the U.S. in a way kind of like refugees in a way seeking asylum and that's not exactly the way my family did it but when you put it in that lens like it really takes away the fact that there is so much more to Asians and Asian communities than being this model minority who can pull themselves up by the bootstraps who can get the good jobs, who can make it all happen and not complain while doing it. And when we buy into that, when we buy into these hierarchies and these better than, less than, what it ends up doing is it creates a huge rift between you and me. And when there is that huge rift between you and me, We can't be in right relationship. We can't be in relationship with one another. We learn to fear one another. We learn to talk down to one another. We learn to further oppress one another. And we also give too much of a false sense of power to those who did happen to quote-unquote make it in the supremacy's version of that word. So as you mull that one over, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message on Instagram. Send me a DM at Sharani M. Pathak. And let's have a conversation about this. Have you had this experience? How does this land for you? Which end of that spectrum of extremes have you been on? I'd love to hear from you. So mull it over. Send me a message. Share this podcast on Instagram, on social, with your friends, with your family members. Let's keep this conversation going. Let's keep this dialogue going so that we can heal the pain and the suffering upon which our current system thrives. Until next time, take really good care 
and I hope to see you in my DMs. There you have it, ladies. I know that that was a lot of information, so much to digest. I also know this episode is longer than some of our other episodes, and it was really important for me to leave the episode exactly as is, the way it was recorded way back in October 2020, because of the richness of information, especially about how this model minority thing is actually a weapon, a weapon created by supremacy for us to continue keeping each other down. So these are the things that you have to heal within yourself and within your companies and organizations so that this toxic pattern does not continue to play out moving forward. Over the past several episodes, I know that we've been diving into some really, really deep, deep topics, and there's a lot to process and digest. And so next week, our episode is actually going to be a little bit on a lighter note where I'll be sharing more about my morning routine and how I set my day up for success and share a little invitation with you about how you can set your day up for success as well. And again, if you are interested in learning more about the Sanctuary for BIPOC Women in Leadership, then head on over to www.bipocsanctuary.com where you can learn more. And with that, I want to give credit where credit is due and acknowledge all of the amazing support that I have to bring this podcast to you, starting with our podcast editor and artist who created the custom music for our show, Diego Velasquez. Next up, we have Ana Olvina, my assistant, who creates all of our beautiful IG graphics, any images that you see on the internet. If they look good, she probably did them. Next up is Jillian at Epoxy Studios, who did the photography for our cover art and pretty much all of my custom photography that you see of me anywhere on the internet. Jillian probably did it. And lastly, though this isn't a human, I need to acknowledge my higher power, whom I call God, whose wisdom flows through me to bring these healing messages to you. And with that, I'm out. I will be back next week, ladies. Take really good care. Until then.